Mr. Sheikh, uh, the first question will be, um, what is your reaction to the article alleging that you threatened a journalist telephonically, and are you considering going to the press ombudsman about this? Well, first of all, uh, that article is very misleading and, and mischievous, and uh, I wasn't aware I could complain to the ombudsman, but I certainly would consider that because this kind of harassment from News24 is unacceptable. I just really want to be left alone. So if the complaining the ombudsman is going to help me, then it's something I will consider pursuing. You're saying it's misleading. Sorry, just a follow-up question. In which way is it misleading, sir? Well, first of all, the journalist calls me and introduces himself. I accept that's what he said. He introduced himself as a journalist. And I said to him, I'm not obliged to take your call or answer your question. But out of courtesy, I'm taking your call. What can I do for you? He says, well, can you please respond to a question uh, that uh, you gave an interview to some uh, journalist regarding some newspaper article uh, in which you state you're going back into business. I said to him, I, I have not given any interview to anybody, and I don't even know which article you're referring to. So he says, well, it's this article, that article. I said, that's not true. I, I don't know that article. I don't know what you're talking about. And quite frankly, I don't know where's the genesis of this article is from. Well, he was caught by surprise. And then I said to him, listen, that's, that's what I've got to say. I, I, I have not given anybody an interview or spoken to any media person. Well, then he uses the occasion, and this is my point, Jacques, this is my point. Not the professional courtesy that you allow you first communicate to a person. Can I talk? Yes, you can. Can I? No, you, you, there's a professional way you approach uh, wanting to interview someone. Yes, a journalist, this... Uh, what's the word, impounds on your freedom of, of privacy, then you let him indulge with some kind of respect, then he impounds you with a set of questions, and then you say, listen, guy, listen, this is enough. He wants to ask me several questions. Okay, are you going into business? What are you going to do with your free time? Blah, blah, blah. I say, listen, please, man, you're turning this into an interview now. Uh, I, I didn't agree to give you an interview. Are you recording this, by the way? He says, yes. I said, but... I didn't ask you to record this. I just answered one question of yours. You didn't tell me this was an interview. But this is my point. The way this thing, this way it turns from a innocent question that they put to you, the way they would turn it into something that's now like a rolling stone gathering moss here. So I said to him, I don't want to answer any of your questions. I put the phone down. He calls back, I put the phone down again. Now, that is harassment. Then to say, I swear you, I do this, I do that, I mean, really. I mean, I'm not some kind of psychopath, am I? Maybe I should go to some mental hospital and get treatment for this, beside my blood pressure. I'm not asking people to phone me and, and, and interview me. I'm not seeking some kind of publicity. Just leave me alone. I want to spend time with my family. I want to have this additional time I'm getting from... Correctional services is allowing me to rehabilitate myself back with my son and my family. I'm going to live a normal life. I don't want to be harassed. So did you threaten him or not then? I did not threaten him. If he says I'm threatening, trying to prove, show, uh, play the proof of that. Where, where would I, how would I threaten Headbutt him. I mean, someone reads an article to me that I kick him in his, in his, uh, in his pee. I don't think he's got a pee. Does he have a pee? 
<laughs> Sorry for laughing. Hey, it's funny. Um, the other question, the second question will be, is there any truth to the allegations that you are going back into business? Well, you see, that's another point. Like this journalist will write something. I certainly in this and this, and then it creates momentum of interviews and articles and questions. Like what you just said now, that's a very good point. Is there any truth in the allegation that you're going back into a business? Now, where are those allegations coming from? Why aren't you challenging those allegations? Who's making those allegations? Certainly I have not made any allegations. Have you heard me saying that anywhere? No, not at all. So we create a, so, we, so someone creates an untruth, puts it to the person, the respective person, to generate a response and then a rolling stone gathers moss. And then every time News 24 quotes convicted Forrester Shabir Sheikh, followed by former advisor to, uh, financial advisor to President Zuma, why link me to President Zuma? I've got nothing to do with him. He's got nothing to do with me. We were former comrades. You know, he's the president of the republic. He's an honorable president. Why discredit him every time you want to use my name? Because that's the agenda. Discredit the president. You, Shabir Sheikh. Use this subject matter, use that matter, use discredit the president. You know, we don't say uh, flood plus, multi murderer, uh, you know who I'm referring to. Yes. Uh, Eugene de Kock. Ex command, yeah, ex commander of Declare Bota, uh, and uh, named all the presidents that he served under. Uh, discredit all those presidents. We don't do that. We don't say, you know, same thing about Dabi Lewis. Why did you say Shabir Sheikh convicted Forster, ex-financial advisor to President Jacob Zuma? Because we want to credit, discredit President Jacob Zuma. The last time I spoke to President Zuma, was I can't remember how long, many, many, many years ago. Where there's no contact between us. He's the president of the Republic of South Africa. Why constantly discredit him all? or bring my name uh, with his name. I mean, he, there are two individuals, such beings. Because there's this agenda, I perceive, to discredit our president. I want to live a quiet life, leave me alone. That's all I'm asking. Leave me alone, respect my privacy. If I'm in big business, in the arms deal, in the nuclear deal, in whatever deal, then obviously in the public, uh, public domain, expect calls, we involved in public sector contracts, calls from the public and private sector. We involved in massive projects and have the responsibility as a corporate uh, business person to respond. Then I can understand that. But I'm not involved in any of that. I'm trying to rehabilitate my life. It's hard not being able to earn a living for many, many years, restrained by medical parole, not to earn a living, one hour a day, then move to four hours a day, then increase a bit more and relax a bit more so you can work and earn a living and pay your son's uh, school fees, have time to spend at, uh, with your, school's, uh, your son's uh, functions, which I was precluded from before. I'm still under house arrest in terms of certain times. The, the relaxation conditions are welcome, but I'm still under house arrest. I can't just travel out of Durban when I want to. I can't travel on a holiday with my son and my family when I want to. But I have to accept and I appreciate the relaxed conditions and I am trying to work within those parameters. 
Now, given all those difficulties, I must now still contend with journalists that are pursuing other agendas. Mr. Sheikh, you, know? you, you said you so you are working. You, know, you, you say you're working to support your family, basically. I haven't started working yet. I'm look contemplating as to what I can consider doing. Uh, it's been like since 2005, I think I resigned from the company to 2015. It's like 10 years. 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yes. The world has moved on. The world has moved on. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm 57 years old. I don't know where I can be employed or if I'm employable, you know, or what value I can bring to any business. So these are the challenges, and yet I have commitments to my family. I have to provide for my son, pay school fees, all of those things that are like you as a father. I hope you are a father. You must contend with. Yes, I am. Yeah, I understand. You know? Mr. Sheikh, what's you happening? With... So, Sorry? No, no, I'm, I'm finished, yeah. Yeah, a, a second last question will just be, what's happening with regards to the rumors that you wanted your medical parole converted into ordinary parole? We spoke a bit about this a while ago, but what's happening around that issue? Uh, well, I did make the application in last year, November. Uh, the application uh, sought to convert my medical parole to a normal parole, and that was because... I can understand, and we can understand why a medical parole is being granted in the first place, and we understand the argument of that. But there comes a time when, if God wants you to live a bit longer, then the medical parole has its constraints. And the constraints are, as I enumerated in my in my uh, submission to correctional services, that please, gentlemen, understand that you're not allowing me to work and earn a living. These are those problems it brings, it brings these kinds of problems. I can't support my family. I'm remaining at home for four hours a day. It's becoming restrictive, not only mentally, but mentally it's not challenging for me to stay at home. I, I do, what do I do at home? Gardening, I, I can only plant so many roses in my garden. Uh, three, I need to travel and with my family, I need to go on pilgrimage with my family. You disallow me that all the time. Every time I apply, you disallow it. It's not just the process of writing a letter. It's getting several supporting letters from the physician, from the psychiatrist, from the psychologist, from the imam, getting uh, bookings done, submit that with a letter of motivation. It's turned down once, turned down twice, turned down twice. So listen, this condition of medical that I'm having hasn't evaporated, it's still there. I'm still on a chronic medication. Here's a proof that I submit in my submission, and I'm on these medical uh, 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 medications. There's a letter from the physician saying that they're still treating me. Uh, but I can't just remain quietly and die. I need to work. I need to earn and support my family. Please allow me to convert to medical, to, to normal parole. I've served more than half of my time. Allow me to travel to earn an income. Allow me to work and earn an income. Allow me to spend more time with my family to help me mentally to rehabilitate myself. Therefore, I'm asking you to consider the conversion. If there's no law for that, then consider this issue because law ought to be an evolving science. It's not an exact science. So society changes and society wouldn't... And, uh, wouldn't uh, correctional services change? So let's address these changes. 
well, they come back and say, sorry, it's not possible. There's no law that, that addresses that issue. Well, okay, thank you very much. Uh, well, are relaxing your conditions? Okay, thank you very much. So what do you want me to do? Fight, fight, fight. I'm tired of fighting, Jack. I can imagine. So with regards to your health and the hypertension, is it still exactly the same yeah. as it was when you were released on medical parole, or is the chances of living now better? I think, honestly speaking, it has improved somewhat. I still have regular check-up check with not just one physician, but two physicians. One in Peter Maritzburg and one in Durban. Every time I go to Peter Maritzburg, I get permission from my parole officer. I go and see a cardiologist there. I see a separate physician in Durban. I'm still on my chronic medication. Discovery Health still pays for all of that despite the eight-point protests. I live a somewhat quieter life than I lived before. I, I get to spend time with my son and my family, so I, you know, I, I eat well, I sleep well, and I try not to have too much stresses. So all of these things have a positive impact on your health, you know. I can't say I, I am as bad as I was in prison or in hospital. I've improved slightly. But having improved slightly, I can't just sit in that condition. I need to say, listen, guys, I need to earn a living. I need to work, please, you know. If you don't want me to leave the country, then say uh, you don't want to leave. If you don't want me to leave the country to earn an income, I don't understand why. If you don't want me to leave KZN to earn an income, I don't understand why. Why you're restricting me in this way? I don't understand. You know, you want me to work in Durban only? You know, why? I don't understand the logic of this. You know what I'm saying? Have My I entire business career is being bringing businesses in and technology. Look at my entire business career. Defense technology, France. Driver's license technology, France. N3 technologies, Europe and locally. Uh, uh, telecommunications, uh, Celsius, overseas. Uh, consultancy work, Malaysia, overseas. Fleet management, UK. This has been my business forte, attracting foreign direct investments in the form of technology and investments in the country. I don't open up a fish and chip shops in every, in every shopping street in KZN, and I respect that entrepreneur, but that's not my calling. My calling is a different kind of business model. Now, to restrict me just to work in Durban and say, well, okay, I'll try and operate here, how do I attract a Kuwaiti? How do I attract an Abu Dhabi guy? How do I attract a, a, an American investor? I mean, it doesn't, they, they don't seem to understand the nuances of business. So I find it restrictive. But what can I say? I have to be thankful for that little and then try and work within that. Just a last question then. Are, are they considering re, uh, making your, your parole conditions more relaxed or not? I think they've relaxed it somewhat and I'm thankful for that. Uh, so I'm given additional hours uh, uh, in the day uh, to work and, uh, and, and to uh, involve myself in some recreational sport between 8 uh, and uh, sort of 6 o'clock, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the evening. So I think it's ample time and I'm very, very thankful for that. And I'll try my best to, to sort of gain some kind of employment that I can support myself and my family in this time. Mr. Shaikh, is there anything you would like no. to add? 
Hello? Well, yeah, I think agendas are, will always be there as long as, you know, there will always be political agendas. Whether some embedded journalists want to follow them or not, that's their conscience. But as far as I'm concerned, really, I, I really prefer to be left alone. I really would like to be left alone and just develop an, my life in, in a meaningful way. I have a family to support. I have a son that I want to be a good example to. And please just respect my privacy. If there's anyone that wants to communicate with me, I think the way you approach it is something where I can respect and, and I can sort of consider responding. But other than that, you know, please leave me alone, you know. I'm not worrying anybody, you know. Yeah, I understand. But thank you very much for this interview. I really appreciate it. Um, I'll be in contact, but good luck, eh? and I hope these guys leave you alone. Thanks a lot. Thank you very thank much, you. sir. Thank Have you very a much, Jacob. Sure. God bless. Okay. No worries. Thank you. Good day. Bye.